Next on BYU Sports Nation, it's a linebacker special. Super Bowl champion and first-round NFL draft pick Rob Morris gives his opinion on the legend of Kyle Van Noy. Another former NFL linebacker and Cougar great David Nixon returns to the show. He'll look ahead to Saturday's showdown with the Georgia Tech spread option. Plus, BYU scheduling of Stanford and Hawaii. And who's the greatest linebacker in BYU history? Have a voice in today's poll question. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. It is Wednesday, October 9th, and welcome to the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah. Jerem Jordan, Spencer Linton with you. Middle of a game week, preparing for Georgia Tech. Our focus today, however, will not be as much on the Yellow Jackets as it is on the following. Who's the greatest linebacker in BYU history? We're going to have Rob Morris on the show, one of the members of this discussion. David Nixon, also BYU Sports Nation historian slash BYU Associate Athletic Director Duff Tittle, who's written a couple of books uh, on BYU football. He has great perspective. And we want you to weigh in on this question. Who is the greatest linebacker? in BYU football history? It's, it's the poll question. The options, which you're not limited to, to those on Twitter, per se, but the options on BYUTVSports.com are Kurt Govea, Kyle Van Noy, Leon White, Rob Morris, or other. Tweet us at BYU Sports Nation to weigh in as well. I'm very excited for this today. This is probably a topic we should be addressing in the middle of the summer, in the dog days, but you know what? Because Kyle Van Noy is so good, Let's do it now. Let's it's, do it on October 9th. Now. It's relevant now. So who do you think is the greatest linebacker in BYU history? That's a loaded question. Because you look at all of those guys on the list, and they've all had dynamic single-game performances. But when you look at the entire body of work, who has been the most dominating linebacker? Uh, for me right now, I'm... Everyone says Kyle Vannoy, but that's because he's now. He's happening now. And we're going to give you perspective. That's why Duff Tittle is going to come on the show. Rob Morris, David. We're going we're gonna, to. It's not just the, the Muir Brooks and the Cameron Jensen's and the Brian Keels and the David Nixon's. It's the Kurt Govayas, the Leon Whites, the Todd Shells, the Glenn Reds, the Brady Papinga, Shad Hansen, uh, Ro- Bob Morris, Rocky Beagle. All these guys are in the conversation. I'm going to say, right now, I'm going to say. Either Rob Morris or Kirk Gavea. Give me one. Make a, make a decision. Man. Okay, the freight train. He had a whistle. He had a whistle designed for the entire BYU fan base, for crying out loud. That guy won a Super Bowl with the Indianapolis Colts. He was a first-round NFL draft pick. He, he was a force on a BYU team that really wasn't known for defense. That was still offensive heavy back then. And he was a great player. I wouldn't say those defenses were tremendous that he played on, per se. The 96 was really good, but 97 and 98 wasn't without the Rob, same. Without Rob Morris on those teams, does BYU, does BYU compete the way they did back then? I don't think so. Well, they, they were good, but not great. They were still ranked. They were a ranked team, not without yeah. Rob Morris. Well, you can say that about any, any good team. Rob Morris was, was, uh, was really, really good. I think it's Kurt Govea. He, he had the biggest hit in BYU history. If you watch the top 50, he just laid the wood into a Hawaii, uh, Hawaii receiver. It was amazing. He played in a Super Bowl, NFL draft pick. He was tremendous. Now, Kyle Van Noy, to me, is top five. And he's the best playmaker defensively in BYU history. 
But we're talking greatest linebacker. Weigh in on BYUTVSports.com. Tweet us at BYUSportsNation. We want to hear from you. But before we jump into football, we yeah, loaded let, show. let's recap what we had yesterday, which was BYU Basketball Media Day here at BYUTV. You hosted a bunch of web chats on BYUTVSports.com. And the maybe the most interesting one came with Chase Fisher, the Wake Forest transfer, thick southern accent, which you'll hear in a moment, and Eric Mika, freshman standout from Lone Peak, national champion. And you guys got to talking about music. I'd say as a whole, though, we're into pop. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of like girly music. Girl. Probably listen to it. I guarantee everyone in this room listens to it. See, he's laughing because it's true. I you like, like pop music. Yeah, like Molly Cyrus, believe it or not. Yeah, Love her always, music. Always in the locker room. Love her music. Mm-hmm. Selena Gomez. <laughs> Kesha. Katie, Katy Perry. Katy Perry. Katy Perry. Okay, look. Look. Before Jerem goes <laughs> off on this tirade, I need to say this. Selena, Selena Gomez and Katy Perry. Okay, I can handle. Cer- I can handle certain songs, uh, the the vibe. So yeah, okay. Chase Fisher, Eric Mika. You can throw Spencer Linton into that conversation when it uh, becomes fan of girly music. They're talented people. Katy Katy Perry has sold more records than the Beatles. Boom. Yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do with that, Jerem? Uh, don't don't even compare those <laughs> two. You lose musical credibility instantly. I'm not saying Katy Perry. I'm not saying Katy Perry is better than the Beatles. Please, sure. I, know, I know. What are you saying then? I'm trying to make good radio. <laughs> trying to ruffle feathers. Okay. Uh, oh, there you go. <laughs> Thank you, Katy Perry. I hate this song, by the way. Okay, I don't hate it, but come on. <laughs> Eric Mika and Chase Fisher were fantastic yesterday. They on, were great on Media Day. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to see that, BYUTVSports.com has the whole BYU basketball Media Day uh, up for your viewing pleasure on demand. That interview takes place about an hour and a half into it, and uh, the whole the whole conversation with those two was pure hilarity. So, can we tweet that Ben Bagley produced? Can we tweet the link out to watch that if you missed it again from the BYU Sports Nation? I think we've already I think we've already sent it. We'll send yeah, it out again. We'll send it again. If you missed it, check it out. Interviews with all the players, the Dave Rose press conference, media breakout, great stuff. Yes. And if you'd like to offer your musical opinions on BYU Sports Nation, <laughs> we welcome those as well. Yeah, I've I've set myself up to just get bombarded. Thanks, thanks, producers and Jerem. Hey, uh, quick tweet. Um at Laser Sheep. That's a great that's a great name. Devin Smith. He says, I finally figured out how to listen live on Android. I love the show more than that Francisco Ruiz guy. Go Cougs! <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, this coming from our friend Francisco Ruiz, F. Ruiz 801. I'd kiss Katy Perry before I'd kiss any of the Beatles. Oh, yeah! Awesome. By the way, Rob Morris, five minutes from now, will join BYU Sports Nation. Let's get to some news uh, that happened yesterday. BYU football schedules Stanford, two home, two road, between 2020 and 2025. So grandkids get excited about that. Then Hawaii, home and road games in 2017 and 18. Uh, and then Savannah State, likely the BYU TV game next year in 2014. Uh, first, your thoughts on scheduling uh, one of the top teams in the country right now, who knows in uh, seven years, uh, Stanford. I don't think Stanford's program's going anywhere. I think David Shaw's doing an incredible job there. Who's, he will who, not be there. Who, who says that he's not going to be somewhere else? But still, uh, I think the Stanford program is, is here to stay for a while. The, the recruiting pool is there. The base is there. They've gone to prominent bowl games. They are the power. Oregon and Stanford are the two powers in the Pac-12. They have supplanted USC by a long shot. Yeah. 
Great, great sign. I love it. I love it with Stanford. And Chris Hill, Utah Athletic Director, told us about this one, uh, what, like two months ago? Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. You're going you're gonna to play Stanford. So, we sorry, are? what? We are? The Utah beat writer for the Deseret News, the paper in Salt Lake. Uh, a paper in Salt Lake. Uh, sorry, what? He tweets that out. What's going on, Stanford, BYU? <laughs> and then Hawaii. I, I like it. Uh, BYU canceled that series. Um, no, you know, is Norm Chow going to be the coach in 2017 and 18 with Hawaii? That'd be, I'd love if he was. An interesting storyline, the longtime BYU offensive coordinator. And then Savannah State. Hey, look, if Alabama can play Savannah State, we can play Savannah State. You know what? That's slated for November 22nd of next year. So here's the deal with 2014. So Southern Miss... Uh, the, you, BYU has to drop a game. They have 13 games, seven home on the schedule. You, you got, you can only have 12 unless you play at Hawaii. Then you have the opportunity to play 13. BYU's got to drop a game. Likely Southern Miss. Uh, rumors have been discussed about that. Southern Miss has been shedding games from its schedule. They're the most likely one to drop. So BYU's home schedule with Savannah State next year will look like this: Virginia, Houston, Utah State, Nevada, UNLV. Savannah State. Okay, so not quite the luster no. of this season. Road. At at Connecticut, Texas, Tough. Central Florida, Boise State, Middle Tennessee, and Cal. At Texas, at Central Florida, at Boise State is in no way a cakewalk. Yes. This schedule lines up, though, to be much more four-team playoff friendly, shall we say? Four-team playoff friendly. Than, than this year's... Uh, Tough schedule. Is that optimism I'm sensing from you, Jerem? I didn't say that BYU would or could <laughs> or should. Or well, can sure, yeah, could sure. I uh, BYU's team with a junior Taysom Hill, junior Jamal Williams, Bronson Kavusi. You lose lose Kavanaugh, Cody Hoffman, but I I like the schedule. If Hawaii can go to a BCS game and play two FCS teams, BYU can do it. You just have to win all those games. It's certainly more conducive, and I agree with you on that point. I know you don't like to go out and say BYU's going to make the 14 BCS, playoff. Baby! Yeah, I, I know you're, you're I hate anti that, but uh, if BYU's but, 10 and 0 or 8 and 0 or something, then then let's talk. You know what I mean? All right. Uh, once again, reminder: Basketball Media Day. Check it out on BYUTVSports.com. Really good stuff. A lot of interviews. Uh, really quickly, talking on, uh, t- uh, touching on Eric Mika, Chris Collinsworth, Mika, Dave Rose said about the six nine. He says 6'10", but 6'9", center coming in, that the expectation is huge for Eric Mika. I don't know if there's ever been more hype around a guy uh, as to, in terms of just being physical and dominant and dunking the basketball. It's, it's a little weird, honestly, that the head coach would come out and put that pressure on him. But as one, as uh, Jeff Johnston uh, said on Twitter to me yesterday, uh, who follows the show, he said, might as well. Might as well, because... It's obvious that he's going to have to lead the way. Luke Worthington is a freshman from Wisconsin who's expected to be a really big piece. But the key to me to the whole season for BYU is Eric Mika. Because you know what you're going to get from that backcourt, but you have to have some post play. BYU's going to run into some buzzsaws with really good post players, and Mika's got to meet that challenge. He doesn't have to dominate, but he's got to be there in a physical uh, way where he he's not in foul trouble because the bench is really thin. You have Mika Worthington and then Austin, who's more of a four than he is a five, and then Josh Sharp, who's an offensive rebounding machine, but he's uh, the body of a three playing power forward. Yeah, well, we bring back Chris Collinsworth in the mix, and, and you wonder as a Kyle. six, oh, sorry, Kyle Collinsworth, six six point guard, but a guy that can also go down and bang. 
and, and rebound and be physical. That guy will wear a lot of hats. So BYU basketball team, very intriguing this year. Very excited about the upcoming season. Now we move to our first guest on BYU Sports Nation, one of the great linebackers to ever don a Cougar uniform, also one of the great linebackers to make the 1999 bibs actually look okay. Rob Morris joining the show. Rob, welcome. Thanks, guys. Glad to be here with you. Rob, uh, our discussion today is revolving around the greatest linebacker in BYU history. So we want you to weigh in on this. Our poll question is that, and we've given four options. Uh, and if you, uh, I want to know your opinion. Kurt Govea, Kyle Van Oy, Leon White, you, or somebody else. What do you think? Kurt Govea. Kurt Govea, and why? You know, I like the mustache. Didn't he have a mustache? <laughs> <laughs> Probably in the uh, 82 to 85. You know, I like the guy. He was kind of uh, a throwback type of guy, and and, you know, even in the NFL, he never looked like kind of a menacing presence. You know, he kind of had that old-school look and that that tough guy mentality. He played for a long time, durable. You know, I just I, and, and I didn't watch a ton of him but, but from what I've seen on film and uh, and just kind of you know studying linebackers. I, I was like him, but man, I mean, those are uh, Leon White. Uh, a lot of those guys, you know, great great linebackers. And I I uh, don't feel like I had a fairly decent career at BYU, so that's a, that's a pretty good list you got going there. Rob, I know a number of people would argue that you had uh, the best career as a linebacker at BYU, namely me. I mean, I, I remember how you dominated games, and I'm going to go out and say this. You had one of the best end zone celebrations ever, not just as a linebacker, but ever with the Snow Angel. Do you remember that play? I do, yeah. I think we uh, got a penalty on that one. So. <laughs> it was worth it. And then didn't Owen Potchman have this long string of PATs in a row that he missed in the snow <laughs> because of that? Yeah, but th- there was a problem with that. Uh, that's his problem, not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. That was a great moment in BYU football history, especially for the defense. Rob, now BYU... They've become like this defensive power. Uh, the the tides have shifted, and now Bronco Mendenhall has a good thing going on the defensive side of the ball. BYU's only given up 24 points or more once in the last 22 games. How closely do you follow the defense, and, and how much do you love what Bronco's doing with the program? Um, you know, I I, uh, I follow it. You know, I was there for a year helping out with the offense and, and got a good look at it then. But, you know, uh, the scheme is phenomenal. I I don't know that you would ever, anyone would ever argue that the BYU has the best players. You know, and it's not a group like Alabama or LSU, but the scheme is phenomenal. They have impact players at the right position, and I think Bronco and and uh, Nick and Kelly, the whole defensive staff, do a good job of, of putting impact players in the position where they're going to make the most impact. And then, you know, one of my uh, one of my all-time favorite BYU defensive players was uh, from a corner, uh, was it Scott Johnson. Did Scott said his name John two years ago. Yep, yep, yeah. And he does the sideline, and he did the sideline, and I love that guy because you know he he's not faster than anybody, he's not bigger than anybody, uh, but he would come up, play the hat, make a hit. I think Bronco does a good job finding guys like that, finding out where they fit, and uh, so you know it's, it's been fun to watch. It's uh, And it's interesting that you say that because BYU's defensive staff did go to Pittsburgh this summer and actually hung out with 
uh, Brett Kiesel and Hebron Fangupo and kind of took notes there. And Brett Kiesel actually mentioned that the Steelers actually learned a lot from what BYU does with video and how they are able to watch film and that kind of thing. What, what, nowadays, people have iPads and iPhones, and uh, guys can study on the plane ride home and all that. What kind of film study uh, did you have, and how did you consume it? Uh, you know, we didn't, have, uh, we didn't have anything like that where you could watch the game on the way home um, during my career. It was especially, you know, you didn't get to see anything from it there if you watched the replay on TV. But, you know, as a matter of fact, when I, when I first... Gosh, you know, it was old school. You know, it was just different. It was better. Everything's computerized now. We get that tape. But I think with my last maybe two or three years in the NFL, when everything was on the computer before that, we still had the old tapes that you carried around and you know, stuck in the, in the Betamax player or whatever it was. And, and uh, so it's <laughs> nowadays, but the way you could sort it, you can you, know, you can sort it by, gosh, everything. You can you know, find whatever variables you want. It's pretty unbelievable the way you can do it. Rob, yeah, Rob Morris, BYU linebacking great, joining BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Rob, give your take on Kyle Van Noy and his legend that continues to grow. What do you like about him most as a player? Well, I like it. You know, he's got. A, he's. A, I hate this term. I can't believe I'm going to hear it, but he's a high motor guy. You know, he's always around the ball and. And um, I don't like to hear that, but <laughs> <laughs> generally, generally reserved for white guys, right? The white oh, defensive but, lineman. Yeah, yeah, but here's the thing: like, if you're playing football, you should have a high motor, right? I mean, there should be no low motor guys in the football. <laughs> game, but, but you know, he's he's always around the ball. He has a knack for the ball. He has a knack for big plays. Um, you know, a second, uh, you know, secondary to that, or maybe above that, is I just like him as a person. I think he's a good guy, a humble guy. You know, as a matter of fact, I saw him the other day. Um, at, uh, at Popeye's Chicken. We were both getting some chicken, and we talked for a minute. Nice. Two linebackers about, getting chicken. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> talked a little bit, you know, about how stressful, you know, the whole situation of what he's going through. I remember that with the agent calling and, and uh, you know, working, constantly worried about injury or draft status and trying to pick an agent, da-da-da. And uh, so I just kind of said, Kyle, you know, call me anytime. And, uh, and so I, li- I like him. He's a good guy. You know, he does what it takes. Um, and I think I think he's going to have a bright future in the NFL. Finishing up with Rob Morris, one of the best ever to play at BYU. Maybe the best. We'll find out from our poll question today. So, Rob, do, where does Kyle Van Noy fit in BYU linebacker history? Well, Kyle's right up there. I I think he's right up there. You know, he's uh, and you know I don't know I don't know what his numbers are like compared to other people. I don't my numbers weren't great because I, I missed you know most of my senior year with that injury. But, uh, you know, Kyle kind of plays a, a hybrid position where he may not have the high tackle numbers, but the impact plays, you know, the interception. But when you start against the best day and the fumble recovery, the sack, uh, you know, those, those players are huge. A lot of coaches would take, would take somebody like that that may not have high, high tackle numbers. I think Kyle, uh, I think Kyle ranks, ranks right up there. You know, BYU's had some. Phenomenal uh, linebackers that come through there, and Kyle I know that the BYU program takes a lot of credit for being quarterback. You, especially through the '80s and the uh, '90s, but uh, Rob Morris, Kyle Van Noy, Shea Burebrook, uh, Kirk Ovea, those guys also make it linebacker. You on the defensive side, Rob? Thanks so much for the time. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys.
All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. You bet. Rob Morris. I, I love that. He's at Popeye's choo, Chicken. Choo, the freight train. <laughs> that was so fun in 98, uh, those uh, whistles. That was just a weird era, right? You have the whistles. You have the bibs. You have, like, post-96 hangover going. You're in a 16-team whack. It was just weird. Yeah, if you're not familiar with the bibs, uh, Jerem, I'm going to challenge you. Find a, find, I want you to find a picture of the bibs and tweet it out. Jerem can find anything. I appreciate like that's that that's going to be hard. Come the on, ni- man. The 1998 Nike bibs, they were like... Blue, navy blue all around the borders and outside and on the back, but in the front you had like this this white. It looked like a baby bib. Think of the ugliest jersey possible, and then that's going to be it, right? Uh, aside from Maryland's jerseys, like last year. Oh yeah! Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, I found one. I'm tweeting it out. In okay, a here comes the bib on Twitter. Uh, if you follow at BYU Sports Nation, that's the place to check it out. Or you can follow at Jerem Jordan at Spencer underscore Linton. Okay, so the bib, the bib talk. Rob Morse, fantastic. We are just getting started on the linebacker special. Coming up to further our discussion, we bring in David Nixon, a former NFL guy and former Cougar. We'll also talk a little bit of Georgia Tech and the offensive line. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. What is up? Welcome to BYU Sports Nation and BYU on BYU Radio. Jerem Jordan, Spencer Linton here. Join us on Twitter. Follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. Let's update the poll. All right, we go to the poll update. Kyle Van Noy running away with things. Who is the greatest linebacker in BYU history? Van Noy leading the way at 69%. This tells me a lot. Okay, listen, people. Just because Kyle Van Noy is playing right now doesn't mean he's the best ever. I think he's top five, maybe top three. He's the greatest defensive playmaker, but that's not the question. It's who's the greatest linebacker in BYU history. And you know what we, you know what we need to be able to weigh in that, on that properly? We Context. Need, yeah, we need an expert. We need a, an expert. We need the BYU Sports Nation historian. His name is Duff Tittle. He also moonlights as the BYU athletic, Associate Athletic Director over Communications Duff will join us in a moment. We'll have Duff in just a moment. But look, I'm reminded of the Top 50 show. Yes. Okay. Beck to Harleen was such a dynamic play to beat Utah, rip the hearts out of all the Utah fan base. It's a great play. But and And it won out in the vote, in the fan vote, over McMahon to Clay Brown. Which is wild. I mean, the the... Greatest turnaround comeback probably in college football bowl history. I, I don't know if there is a greater bowl turnaround than the 1980 Miracle Bowl. And if you're not familiar with it, BYU was down by 20 points against SMU, the Pony Express, in their heyday. They were down 45-25 with four minutes to play. And they won that game 46-45 thanks to remarkable, remarkable things. I mean, it was fourth and forever. BYU got a first down. Two plays later, they got a touchdown. Then they get an onside kick. Then they score less than a minute later. Then they they block a punt and have a couple of throws of the end zone from 50 yards away. McMahon hooks up with Clay Brown with four SMU defenders surrounding him. And BYU ties the game. Kurt Gunther comes in and kicks the, the winning point. BYU wins the game 46-45. So for me, given the context of that game and the backdrop, that's the greatest play, culminating the greatest comeback in BYU football history. But because it was 33 years ago. People don't remember compared it. Compared to seven years ago. Right. And that's the point with this linebacker discussion. Kyle Van Noy, to me, is 
one of the best in BYU history. Oh, he is. He's top five with, for sure. Without a doubt. Five touchdowns. Okay, that, that's a, everyone that's a understands that, right? It's these other guys like Kurt Govea. You may not have heard of him. If you haven't heard of him, then this will be an informative show. Uh, we just talked to Rob Morris, legendary BYU linebacker. He said that he thinks Kurt Govea is the greatest linebacker in BYU history. Leon White, NFL draft pick in a Super Bowl. Same with Govea. Rob Morris, first-round NFL draft pick, played in a Super Bowl. And then other guys like Bob Davis, ninth in, in tackles of BYU. Todd Shell, first-round draft pick, played in a Super Bowl. Glenn Red, fourth in tackles of BYU, NFL draft pick. Brian Keel, people are familiar with. Rocky Beagle. In the tight end, Cameron Jensen, Cameron Jensen, Brady Papinga, Shad Hansen, number one all time with 402 tackles, uh, an All American. Shane Yorbrook, six sacks in the '97 Cotton Bowl, safety, defensive leader of that team. He had six sacks in a game, in a bowl game, and a safety. Eleven solo in that game. The, to me, the second biggest game in BYU football history, the '97 Cotton Bowl, capped the second greatest season in BYU football history. So these are mainly the guys in the discussion. Weigh in on BYU uh, on Twitter, at BYU Sports Nation. Um, and we're about to talk to Duff Tittle uh, here in a few months to, get, to give us some reasoning. Give us some rationale as to why it's, it is Kyle Van Ory or not and why Kurgovea jumps in. At Loyal Cougars, one of the biggest fan blogs uh, out there. If you don't follow them, they're a great follow. They say, how about best four? Can't choose one. KVN, Morris, Muirbrook, Brian Keel. Interesting that they did not include White or Govea. At uh, R.Y. Sen Trout, uh, Muirbrook, nothing more nasty than linebackers in the 90s with those tire-sized neck rolls. <laughs> we'll get to more of your tweets at BYU Sports Nation. Who's the greatest linebacker in BYU history? All right. We now welcome on the man, the myth, the legend, our BYU Sports Nation historian, Duff Tittle, and Jordan, uh, Jerem Jordan mentioned that he moonlights, uh, helping out the football program in a lot of different ways, associate athletic director. Over uh, communications. Over communications. Duff, welcome to the show, and uh, it's, it's time that we let you take over the microphone and tell us why guys like Kirk Gavea and Leon White deserve to be in the best linebacker conversation. <laughs> nice to join you guys. That historian title makes me feel old, though. <laughs> <laughs> You've written two books that are tremendous. If if fans haven't read them, uh, that shed some light. But what? Well, yeah, Kyle Van Noy leading the poll, sixty nine percent right now, Duff. I don't think people know Govea and White as much as they need to. Well, I totally agree with you. And you know, having grown up here in Utah County during that time period, I was in high school. Um, absolutely dominating players um, in Kurt Govea and Leon White. It's hard to actually play together. And then when you throw in a guy like um, Todd Shell, who was also in that time period, and it's easy to forget those guys when, you know, you've got a guy like Kyle that's absolutely dominating his position right now and, you know, deserves a lot of credit. He's a fantastic player, maybe arguably the most athletic linebacker we've ever had. Let me ask you this, Duff. If you put Kirk Govea on this team and in the media the way it is today with Twitter and iPads and iPhones and computers and on-demand and all this stuff – do you believe that Kurt and Leon generate as much traction as Kyle is doing right now? You know, it's hard to say. That's a really good question because Kyle is such a unique, special player. But those guys were just dominating in their their positions, you know. And the fact that they were playing together made each other better. So, in your opinion, who is the greatest linebacker in BYU history? <laughs> I'm going to put him on the spot. Uh oh. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, if you want to look, there's a lot of variables. I mean, you guys have mentioned that there's, you know, how how were they drafted? Did they go on and have great careers? Is it just about what they did at BYU? And if so, is it statistically based? Because a guy like Chad Hansen, who is the number one, you know, tackler all time at BYU, I'm not sure he's even really been mentioned. Um, were they an All-American? That'd be another category. So I guess it just depends upon how you kind of, you know, your criteria that you're looking at. So what do you think? Just straight up? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for avoiding the question. (laughs) You avoided the rush like Taysom Hill did against Texas. Uh, Let's look back at a guy like Todd Shell. I mean, that guy was drafted number one. He he was taken in the first round of the NFL draft, right? Had a nice career in the NFL that was cut short um, because of injury. Won a Super Bowl with 49ers, maybe two. I'm not quite sure on that. But, um, you know, it was a, a fantastic player. And when I interviewed Leon White... And Kurt Gavea and asked them that similar question. They said, oh, man, Todd Shell was just off the charts. When we got there, we couldn't believe we got a chance to play with the guy. And the stuff that he taught us just changed our, our lives, our career. So, you know, and wow. I'm not sure most Cougar fans will even remember that name. But he was an amazing player. I mean, dominating. So, you know, it's hard to say when you talk across the eras. All right, joining us right now on BYU Sports Nation, Duff Tittle, uh, a guy that knows a ton about BYU football, Associate Athletic Director over Communications as well. And Duff, we'll finish up with this. When you look at BYU as a quarterback university through the 80s, early 90s, and then you know with John Beck and Max Hall, could you argue that BYU is just as much a linebacker you? You know, I've always felt that. Um... Part of the problem is during the, the late 70s, early 80s, when Lavelle really had the offense rolling, and it was just such a unique thing in college football. It was really changing the landscape of the game. All the attention was on the offense. Meanwhile, you know, you had guys like we've mentioned that were just absolutely – I mean, the guy like Glenn Red's another one we haven't even talked about, you know, who were dominating during their time period. And I, I really believe we've had as great a linebacker string – if you actually look back at it, as we maybe have in the quarterback arena, just that side of the ball doesn't get as much attention. Duff Tittle, we appreciate the time and uh, giving some uh, context to non 2000s uh, linebackers for some of the fans. Uh, we appreciate it. Thanks for joining BYU Sports Nation. You bet. Before I go, can I give you my top five? Yes. <laughs> okay, here you go, in no particular order. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will say something about Morris. When you look at his statistics at BYU, we often forget that as a freshman he played running back for half the season. Okay, I didn't know senior, that. And as a senior, he lost wow. half of his season to injury. So you're talking about a guy that literally only has three years of statistical data, and he still is in the top ten in most of your um, defensive statistics. So he's on my list, okay. obviously, Rob Morris. Um, I would then go with Kurt Gavea, Leon White, Todd Shell and then KVN3, baby. All right. Hey, thank you. A very youthful historian is Duff Tittle. We appreciate the time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, you guys. Always fun to be with you. Thanks, Duff. If you haven't read Duff's books, you need to. Uh, he has two books. The BYU Football Vault, The History of the Cougars. Awesome. And then What It Means to Be a Cougar. Fantastic. There are some amazing experiences yeah. in that book. And so both those books by Duff Tittle, a BYU Sports Nation's official historian, and uh, Associate Athletic Director over Communications. We appreciate his time. Coming up, we'll have David Nixon on the show as well to weigh in on this question and where Kyle Vanoy fits in.
All right, we move on. More news and notes. We're talking, uh, first of all, the injury bug strikes BYU again on the offensive line. Uh, Terrence Aletto, we're not sure what the injury was or how it came about. The center. The center of BYU's offense or what it means for the Cougars. But we do know that there's a great chance he will not play against Georgia Tech. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I just noticed he wasn't there today and uh, he was working with the trainer. So. That's uh, BYU offensive coordinator Robert and I talking about Terrence Aletto. Did not practice yesterday. If he doesn't play Saturday, it will be the fifth different starting offensive line uh, lineup in six games. Uh, and how does that relate to Taysom Hill's success? A ton. Cer- certainly it's, it's playing a factor. It starts there. You need to be able to not have a ton of pressure on you when you're throwing the ball. And that first game, the offensive line was you know okay and weather's involved. And so Virginia is just... Just not good passing the ball. And then since then, you, it's been better at times. Texas's defense uh, got shredded. The BYU offensive line, they changed the starting lineup. They had a lot of aggression, and they that's the best game they played this year. But it really does concern me that this could be the fifth different starting lineup in six games. There's one senior among all the offensive linemen. There's a bunch of JC transfers. Uh, there's several freshmen. BYU played three freshmen in the Utah State game at times. I'm not super opposed to that if they can ball and mesh together, but we've seen some issues at times with that group. So that is concerning for Taysom Hill in the passing game. Here's the good part about young, rotating offensive line is a lot of guys get snaps and thus get experience. ESPN's Trevor Maddich sounds off on that. And any time you can play that many young guys and have them take their lumps, go through their growing pains, and still come out with a win, it makes it more likely that, the, that next week will be better than last week. No question, it's always nice to learn while you're winning. That's what made the Virginia loss so tough, as you thought BYU was going to escape that opening uh, game against the Cavaliers with a win, uh, despite going through a lot of growing pains. But and they should have. They, they turned the ball have. over late. They didn't. The offensive line did enough to help BYU win the game, but it was wet, and the ball went through Jamal hand, Jamal's hands, and BYU lost that game. Okay, very quickly, recapping some scheduling news, Jerem. Uh, BYU now have home and road series with Stanford and Hawaii, and Savannah State will play in Provo in 2014. Yeah, uh, it's a long ways away, but it's exciting. And it, it, that, to me, just continues to tell you that BYU is in, they're go- going to be independent for a while. They're in this for the long haul. Why would you schedule a game in 2025 if you weren't fully invested uh, so BYU, great pickup, playing Stanford. So BYU is going, at the end of years, is going to play from from now until like 2025. I'm, I'm going to tell you just the last game of the season as of right now scheduled. 2014, Cal, 15, Utah State, uh, 16, uh, Utah State, 2017, at Hawaii, 2018, at Utah, 2019, don't have a November yet, but 2020 is at Stanford, and then you rotate at USC, at Stanford, at USC. I like ending the season with meaningful games. Meaningful November. Regular season, that is. Yes, crucial, crucial that BYU does that. And credit Tom Homo for going out and scheduling big-time opponents awesome. late in the season. It's, it's fantastic stuff. Up next, David Nixon joins the linebackers special on BYU Sports Nation. Who is the greatest LB in Cougar football history? Kirkovich. And where does Kyle Van Noy fit in? Top three. This <laughs> is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. 
This is Nate Austin, and you are tuned in to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Nate Austin, seven feet tall with his shoes on. He told me that yesterday during BYU Basketball Media Day. Very nice guy, very focused individual. Uh, Nate Austin, you can see his interview on BYU Basketball Media Day right now on BYUTVSports.com. You can get that link by following our Twitter account at BYU Sports Nation. Hey, Saturday we've got you covered for BYU's homecoming football game against Georgia Tech. Listen to pregame coverage on BYU Radio starting at 5 p.m. Eastern. BYU TV's countdown to kickoff, if you like the moving pictures, starts at 6. The game is at 7 Eastern on ESPNU and BYU Radio. Listen and watch postgame coverage on BYU Radio and BYU TV. So basically, if you like BYU sports, then you have plenty of outlets to get you set up and recap the Yellow Jackets and the Cougars, the tradition, spirit, and honor game for BYU. Holler. Let's update the BYUTVSports.com poll results. Who's the greatest linebacker in BYU history? 68% for Kyle Van Noy, followed by 10% for Rob Morris. And then a tie between Kurt Govea and Other at 8%, followed by 6% for Leon White. Let's get to some tweets. Your opinion on this matter. Uh, Jordan Christiansen, who is a former BYU Sports Information employee, he's working at Oklahoma, getting a graduate degree now. He says, tisk tisk, no shame, Yearbrook. The guy was a monster, six sacks in the Cotton Bowl, leader of the '96 defense. That again, that that in individual <laughs> game performance at the Cotton Bowl, arguably great BYU's greatest bowl win ever, was amazing. I'm 13 years old. I I stormed the field after some game. I don't remember. Probably in '96, I see Shane Yerbrook, and I realize at that point, wow, the size of his his biceps, the size of my thigh, <laughs> and it's tatted it, up, and he's awesome. The size of his bicep is still the size of your thigh. <laughs> yeah, seriously, <laughs> Shane Yerbrook. What's that guy doing right now? We need to get him on BYU Sports Nation. Absolutely. You know who is on BYU Sports Nation right now? David Nixon, a guy with no tattoos, but was still awesome. David. Uh, uh, who is, on, fellas? What's up? <laughs> who's okay? Our our show has revolved around this question: Who's the greatest linebacker in BYU history? What do you think? Come on, man! This is this is how are you going to ask that type of question? Um, I've been I just did. It. I've done I've done my research, and I'm going to go with the guy I know well, Rob Morris. Okay, you agree with me, David? Well I, done. Well, done, Rob sir. Morris was, agreed with me. Him, it was between him and who you guys were just talking about, Shea Muirbrook. I mean, mm. I can't go back forty years. You know, I just got to go back to what I know best, and that's kind of the '90s decade, and then of course the 2000s. And you know, those two guys were dominant. Those, those were your two forces to be reckoned with, and their stats speak for themselves. They were both studs. So, both of them. It's crazy. Both of them, 345 total career tackles. Both of them, according to to what I found. So, um. That's that's pretty impressive to to rack up that many tackles in your career and stay healthy for that matter while you're doing it. Uh, yeah, I mean that's the name of the game, right? That, that's uh, we we've seen that with a lot of guys in the past that uh, they miss games here and there, and, and that will hurt your total stats. But um, but you know Rob, he he was all around just a beast, and you know, and then he goes on and has a you know terrific NFL career, and um, you know, thirteen sacks and. You know, he 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 was a stud, and I, I I still looked up to him. I remember when we got there, at BYU, we'd watch him and uh, watch film of him, and when he'd come around, we'd just pick his brain. And uh, I know you guys have on the show, and I, uh, you know, yeah, he obviously wouldn't vote for himself, but you know, he he's one of those legendary guys, linebacker wise. We'll get back to more of this linebacker special with David Nixon in just a moment, but let's talk Georgia Tech for a moment. 
David, you defended Air Force while you were at BYU. It's an option, uh, or an offense rather, that features the triple option and some other looks that Bronco Mendenhall has defended very well. Why do you feel like BYU does such a good job against an offense like Georgia Tech? You know, it's, it's Coach Mendenhall and his defensive mind and the genius that he is when it comes to uh, defense. And, you know, it's, it's crazy. These type of game weeks, we throw out, uh, when I say we, the BYU defense throws out their entire playbook um, and they go in and Coach Minhall inst- installs an entire new defense just for this uh, game. And uh, the reason is, is because this offense can, can be tricky if, you, if you're not assignment sound. If there's a guy that misses his assignment, those runs are going for 40, 50 yards. Uh, much like kind of the, what our offense is right now, that read option. Um, but th- this is that triple option, wishbone, whatever you want to call it, where uh, you know every single person has to do their assignment. And even if he doesn't have the ball, even if that dive player does not have the ball, you know, Bronson Kafusi defense in, you still have to tackle him because, you know, your eyes could play, you know, games with you or, or whatever it may be, but um, everyone's got their assignment. If one person messes up, it, it, it's a touchdown, but it's, this kind of was always a fun week for a defensive player because, you know, throughout the season, you've got your typical defensive package, your, you know, defense that you've been working on for years that you've got pretty well memorized. And so to come up to this week, it kind of puts you back in the student role where you're learning this whole new defense and, and going out there and, and making it happen. So um, it's a fun week for players, and, and it's a fun week for Coach Mendenhall. I, I think, you know, as, as coach and staff, they also like the change up where they've got to throw in this whole new game plan. And I remember every week when we played Air Force, he came out there just ecstatic because he was back to being a true coach and really teaching his players how to, how to go out there and execute uh, kind of this defense that, you know, he has – such a great record of stopping and dominating. I mean, I look back at my years. My freshman year, we lost to uh, Air Force, but my you know sophomore junior season, we we smoked them every time. It was never even close. So um, he he's a he's a dominant coach against this type of offense, and I don't see anything else being different this uh, Saturday. David Nixon, former BYU and NFL linebacker, is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Walk us through uh, briefly what we're going to see from the BYU defense. You, you mentioned it, but I'll just explain kind of what Georgia Tech does. So you have your five offensive linemen. You have two what's, what are called B-backs in reference to the B-gap between the guard and the tackle who line, off, uh, line up off the line. You have the quarterback, and then behind the quarterback you have what they call an A-back. There's a triple option off of that. So what are the three assignments uh, that happen and the checks for the BYU defense against that? Yeah, so basically you, you know you, you got Ethan... Manamaluna, who's going to plug up that middle there. But then the middle linebackers are really going to be scraping uh, between, like you said, those A's and B gaps, uh, depending on where they're open. And they've got to plug those with the dive. Now, along with that dive, depending on the defense that's called, the defensive end will also be crashing down to take that dive. So there's going to be assignments where the defensive end, uh, certain defense that Coach Manhall will call, the defensive end will take the dive, and other defenses where the middle linebacker will take the dive. Uh, now you move on from there. Now you've got the quarterback to worry about. So the defensive end will most likely slow play him and attack the quarterback. And the outside linebacker and corners have to get off those cut blocks. I mean, that's, that's a tough thing about these teams, Georgia Tech the, you know, and Air Force. They come out there and cut block you, and you've got guys flying at your knees all the time, which I guarantee by the end of the fourth quarter is super annoying, and you're ready to stomp, <laughs> on, the, stomp on them whenever they come at you. Um, but – uh, like I said, everyone's going to have that assignment, you know, and, and you stick with that assignment. Even if the quarterback pitches the ball, of course you're going to run and try to get wherever the ball is, but you make sure that he pitches that ball. And, and if you have that running back, you make sure you stick on that running back because oftentimes, you know, if the quarterback keeps it, that running back will still keep that pitch relation to him, 
and they they could pitch it 20 yards down the field, you know, because that's that's what they're used to. They're used to having that pitch relation where they're five, seven yards from each other. And at any moment, at any instance, they could pitch the ball uh, to that running back, you know, if, if the quarterback, you know, feels like he has to. So um, it, it really is a assignment down. Those defensive end middle linebackers got the dive. Outside linebackers going to, you know, slow play the quarterback. And then you have your corners and your safeties flying down from their positions to take on that pitch, that running back. So there's a lot of moving parts, but honestly, it's, it's one that actually easier offenses defend if you're disciplined. And like I said earlier, if, if you don't get your eyes mixed up, if, if you're guessing, if, if you ever guess on any play, it, that really that play is going for at least 10, 15 yards. So, um, you know, you, you, once again, you've you got to rely on your teammates. And I think sometimes that's what's tough for other teams certain players want to do too much or they want to be the guy to to make the tackle and that's not the case against a, a Georgia Tech type team you know you've got to be very unselfish and and, and you, you really have to concentrate on your assignment and you have to trust that your teammate the guy next to you uh, is, is is pulling his weight and is going to be there for his own assignment um, and making sure that everyone's kind of just doing their thing Okay, David, very quickly, you have 30 seconds to give us your top three linebackers in BYU history. You don't have to give them a particular order. I know you've already said Rob Morris is the greatest. Who are the other two in your top three? Yeah, I'll take Shea Muirbrook. Um, and then third, um, it's, it's top. Ray Pepinga was kind of a you know, defensive end, but he's a kind of a stand-up linebacker for us, too. Uh, Brave Ping is up there. I mean, I, that third place, I think he, he just goes to you know, the Cameron Jensen, the Generals of the World. He goes to Brian Keel. Uh, Kyle you know, Van Noy in there? Kyle, Kyle Van Noy, for sure. I think. Were there like five the, names right there? What the heck, that's man? That's what I'm saying. You, you, can't, you, can't, uh, you, you can't just narrow me into three. I, I gave you top two. Let me just have a third that I can just kind of spit out with, with quite a few guys. <laughs> okay, right? okay. Fine. David, we like you that much. We'll allow that. <laughs> I'll allow it. David Nixon, you can see more of him on Countdown to Kickoff this Saturday as BYU gets ready to take on Georgia Tech, 6 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV, 4 p.m. Mountain. David, thanks so much for the time, my friend. Yeah, thanks, fellas. David Nixon, who I would, I would say is uh, top 20 in BYU history yeah, he as was a linebacker. Talented guy. NFL guy. Very assignment sound. Uh, didn't make a lot of mistakes. Bronco Menno loved David Nixon. And he does a tremendous job on our pregame show on BYU TV. Check him out there. Coming up, final poll results and your tweets. This is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, a Wednesday edition here on BYU Radio. Jerem Jordan alongside Spencer Linton. We've had a tremendous guest lineup today revolving around the question, who's the greatest linebacker in BYU football history? We'll give those final poll results in a couple of minutes and read your tweets, uh, but we appreciate Rob Morris, one of the greatest ever to come on the show. Uh, David, David Nixon, Nixon, Duff Tittle from BYU Athletic Media Relations. Youthful historian. Yeah. Great perspective <laughs> uh, on this, but let's, let's get to a bunch of the tweets. You guys have weighed in uh, heavily, and we're going to pay that off right now. All right, we'll start with at FLG underscore T. Trevor coming to us, and he says, Todd Shell was incredible. Shame your brook, Rob Morris, KVN after that. So it starts out with Todd Shell, Shame your brook, Rob Morris, KVN. Man, and where's Govea going there? Yeah, he, he wasn't. Uh, at Band-Aid underscore K, I'd throw in Cameron Jensen, the leader of that 2006 defense that was so awesome. Other All right. tweets. All right, we go to at Tyler L. Payne. Freight Train Morris. The best was sitting at the game with my train whistle. That Hashtag was fun. good times. 
Uh, what would Kyle Van Oy have if I, I don't know that you can pr- some object that fans brought to Ooh, signify? That, that's a discussion. I don't know. That is a discussion. Let us know what you think. At M Judkins eleven, I agree. If you left Muirbrook off the list, you shouldn't be working at BYU TV Sports. Good gracious! <laughs> I love. He's in the like discussion. This. He's not the guy, but he's in the discussion. No question. Okay, we move on. More tweets from at Michael Phillip. BYU best linebackers: number one, Van Noy; two, Rob Morris; three, Kirk Avea; four, Cameron Jensen. Uh, he left out number five, so I'm not sure who number five is. He goes right to six. He said Brian Kill. Then Shane Muirbrook and David Nixon. Then David, David Nixon. Nixon making well, a top 10 appearance. Okay. At Kind Words. Oh, no, no, no. That's not it. Not that one. Uh, at Riley underscore Banks. KVN is not only the number one defender all time, in my opinion, but he's top five overall for BYU players. That's quite the statement. He's a game changer. Uh, he's a game changer. He wins games. He picks off Chucky Keaton passes from 17 yards and runs it back. He's had That's five he defensive touchdowns. BYU has won all those games. Has won all of those games. Okay, we go to at N underscore Crowley 19. KVN and Shame Yerbrook, best ever. Now we have from at Blue Goggles. Well, sorry, Blue Goggles at underscore Quick. Uh, he just says KVN. Simple. Kyle yeah. Noy. At SNW Bound. Shame Yerbrook. What happened to him anyways? I'm not sure where he's at, but he was inducted into the Cotton Bowl Hall of Fame last year. Yes, he was. Okay, we go to... El Burro Sabe Mas... I'm not even going to try that. <laughs> How about at SNW Bound? We'll, we'll just do the... We'll I, just, I just read that one. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, man. Thanks, See, for, thanks for listening. Hey, I was I was looking at some other things. I was distracted, Jerem. Whatever. <sighs> yeah, okay. We go to at Scott As. I, okay, he says, actually, I enjoy the show. Just wish it were longer. Yeah, we wish we wish it were longer, too, because we, we could dis- discuss this linebacker thing for like three hours. Three minutes to go. Here we go. Uh, at David Roberts 20. We keep hearing about, about all these linebackers, NFL careers, and Super Bowl appearances. KVN hasn't had that chance. Will be a first-round pick. That's a good point. Yeah, and, and guess what? He's not even halfway through his senior year. He may do some stuff that just puts him over the edge. He, he's t- to me, he's top three. Yeah, at Paul Ryan. Trying to compare BYU football athletes from different eras reminds me of the Michael Jordan and Kobe LeBron debate. Also a good point. It's tough. What would Kurt Gavea do in this BYU defense? You can't. You can't. You don't. You no, can't know. You can't. That's like saying you just if can't Bill know. Bill Russell played in the NBA today. He'd get worked. He'd just be a backup on the 76ers. It's like, well, yeah, but it was different. It's all about when you did it. It's all about when you did it and how you did it. Dominating your era. Yeah. At G Hansen 25, I'd say Rob Morris from Muirbrook and KVN is really close to them and could surpass them as the best by the end of the year. Well, yeah, what we just mentioned. I agree. Great stuff. Okay, linebacker discussion continues on. Meanwhile, we mentioned music and girly music. Miley Cyrus, uh, Katy Perry earlier on, uh, referencing BYU Basketball Media Day and, and the fact that it's okay to listen to those bands. Well, this comes from at David Roberts. Miley Cyrus has performed more at Lavelle Edwards Stadium than Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan combined. Of course! <laughs> Final oh. poll results of, on BYUTVSports.com. Who's the greatest linebacker in BYU history? 69% Kyle Van Noy. Top three for sure. Top three for sure. Big thanks to all of our guests today, Rob Morris, Duff Tittle, David Nixon, and everyone on our BYU Sports Nation crew, producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, BYU radio station manager Don Shaline, production assistants Alan Miller and Spencer King, and our engineer Aaron Evans. Check out the archived episode of BYU Sports Nation every afternoon on the BYU Radio YouTube channel. For Spencer, I'm Jerem, KBN. 
Linebacker number, special! Number one in BYU history, according to you. This is BYU Sports Nation.